Din we're going to start from the end of We're discussing different uh, ideas of how to honor your davening, to honor your tefillin, regarding the cleanliness, etc. And it finished off with the account from Rabbi Yehuda Hanossi, basically saying a certain kula that Rabbi Yehuda Hanossi did, that they tell you that it's okay. So the last thing we mentioned was that he hung his tefillin, which the conclusion was that he hung the bag of the tefillin. So now we're going to mention another thing which Rabbi did, which people might think is inappropriate, but he actually did it. Rabbi Rabbi. I saw Rabbi It happened, obviously not all at one time, all these events, but it happened that he burped in the middle of Shemineseri, or he yawned in the middle of Shemineseri, she sneezed in the middle of Shminasri. Virok, he spat out uh, mucus in middle of Shminasri. Umemashmish bibigdo, he felt a, a louse, a lice in his clothing. So he didn't touch it directly. It's not, it's not appropriate in the middle of davening. But he took it with his clothing. He caught the lice, the louse, and he threw it away. So all those things which you would think are inappropriate, he did. And something which you might think is appropriate, he didn't do. If his talus fell off, he just continued davening. He can't in the middle of the Shemin yesterday, bend down, pick up your talus, put it back up. It's not, it's not appropriate. In front of the Abish, you can't interrupt. In other words, things that disturb him in the middle of davening. So we'll see about the earlier things, we'll see what's the Chiddush in them. But the last thing was there's a louse disturbing him. So that's disturbing his davening, so that he could remove. But a talus is respect of davening, okay? But it's much less respectful if you're going to bend down and put it back on. So just leave the talus over there. Now, obviously, if he yawned, he didn't just yawn with a wide mouth. If he would yawn, he would put his hand over his chin, basically covering his mouth, so it shouldn't be seen. So if he yawned, he yawned, but he covered it. Probably the same if he burped. He would cover it that it shouldn't be so disrespectful. So, so many things which you would think are totally inappropriate, Rabbi did. Now, it's not just we would think. The Chayda, there's a Braisa which clearly says it's inappropriate. Maybe we learned in a Braisa, we're going to have a question from a Braisa on this account. Hamashmiya koilei bitfilosei. One who davens Shminesri in a voice that you could hear around him, not just he himself could hear, but others around him can hear as well. Not loud, but just louder in a regular tone, in a speaking tone. He has very small moon in the Yevishter. He thinks that to talk to the Yevishter, you have to speak loud, he's hard of hearing. Which is a bit interesting because, I mean, if someone believes in the Yevishter, then he'll believe that he can hear a whisper as well. If he doesn't believe, then why, I mean, why, why would someone think that for the Yevishter, you have to like speak up a bit louder? I'm not sure what's shot in this thing. Um, I'm not sure. It could be that he thinks that it has to be like a nicer, David has to be impressed by the way I'm saying it so nicely in a, in a, in, and, and he's not focusing on the fact that the Abish only needs is that you should, should be an honest request in your heart and it has to be voiced with your lips because it has to be part of your body but he doesn't need anything more than that. You don't need to impress him. And I guess if you think that you have to impress the Abish with a with speaking it out nicely, that shows that your your understanding of the Abishta and your your appreciation of the Abishta, someone way beyond you, 
is very small. I'm not sure. Yes. Um, I can continue. Um, so if he doesn't just say it loud enough that people around him could hear, rather he says it very loud. The typical way for the Neviya Sheker would be they would they would say they would scream loud. Why? Because when something's fake, you have to make an impression as if it's as if you know, as if they have what to say. So if he's just saying it a bit loud, as he said, maybe for people around him to be impressed, so he doesn't believe in the Ibishtana. If he's saying it very loud to make a very strong impression, that, that shows that as, as if this like the whole foundation of what he's doing is really, really false, and that's why he has to make such a loud impression on everyone around him. Then the Braised continues, if he burps or yawns in the middle of davening, that shows that shows that he's so um, such a big balgaiva that um, he's in front of the Abishtan, you know, but he needs to, you know, relieve something, so he burps. And he's a bit tired, so he yawns. He's a, so it's very disrespectful, or, or at least not showing being humble in front of the Yevishta. Hamisatish bitfilosing, one who seemingly the translation is sneezes in the middle of davening, Simon Rauli. It's a bad sign for him. The some say It shows that he's that he's, uh, he's, not, he's not in a nice state. Now, Rashi has a bit of a different gear, sir. Rashi says um, that this is another, uh, at least according to our version of Rashi, that this is another uh, interpretation on someone who burps or yawns. That it's not just that he's about Gaiva, rather that it shows that he sees these, these, there's something ugly over here. There's something ugly, that's how he treats the Ebishtah. He's talking to the Abish in the middle, he burps, in the middle, he yawns. Harak pitfilase, one who spits out more mucus in the middle of Shminasri, ki ilurak as if he spat in front of the king. So what's going on over here? Rabbi did all the wrong things over here. He yawned, he burped, he spat, he sneezed. How does that fit? So let's go one thing at a time. Burping and yawning like kashi. It happened. Sometimes you're not, it's not in your control. And a bird comes out or a yawn comes out. So Rabbi also did so. I guess what's the Chiddush? Maybe if someone feels that, you know, he did that, then it's like inappropriate and he feels like his davening was worthless. No, no, no. It happened to Rabbeinu HaKadosh as well. Maybe. Maybe that's the idea. Because otherwise, what's the Chiddush? He didn't do it. It happened. Someone purposely burps. Sometimes a person could burp purposely or could yawn. He could let his yawn come. So if he's doing that in the middle of Shemineshre, he's a Balgaiver, or it shows that he's ugly. You don't do that in front of the Yemish. But if it happened and it's not in your control, it's not in your control. And I guess he's trying to show that the Rebbe also did it. I mean, Rebbe allowed that to happen in order that other people should feel that, you know, it's okay if it happens, it happens. But sneezing, kashia. You can't sneeze purposely. If you sneeze, it only, it only happens unintentionally. So the Bryce says that it's a bad sign and that he sneezed. Answers the Gemara, Misatish and Misatish Namilekashi. The word Misatish in Hebrew is not a contradiction. There's two meanings to the word Misatish. It can refer to sneezing or it can refer to letting wind. 
So letting wind is a bad sign. Sneezing is not a bad sign. Not only that, uh, the Omar of Zayda, Rabbi Zayda said, This is something which I heard, by the way, in the Yeshiva of Rav Amnuna, or there's another explanation here, uh, that I had this question, and they answered me, but I heard this in the Yeshiva of Rav Amnuna, it weighs against my whole learning. What is that? In other words, it's so important to me. When who sneezes in the middle of davening, it's a good sign. Why? Obviously, if he, if he, if he whatever, tried to clear himself before, he, doesn't, he, didn't, he didn't leave himself in a situation that would cause him to sneeze. When someone sneezes, it's like a relief. There's something disturbing him, and then he just sneezes, and it's relieved, it's gone. So... And Hashem caused it. It's not. It's not. It's not a per- he didn't do it on purpose. He can't do it on purpose. So Hashem made you feel relieved, gave you nachas rach, gave you pleasure. So that's a sign that in your davening as well, Hashem gives you pleasure. Hashem will fulfill what you what you what you want. El kashim. We're still left with the contradiction about spitting out mucus. That Rebbe did it, and the Brisa says that it's like in front of the king. Says the Gemara, rock, rock, Spitting is also not a contradiction. It's possible that Rabbi did it like Rabbi Yehuda said. All of a sudden, mucus comes up and he has to spit it out. He should take the ends of his talus, of his, of his clothing, and he should spit into that. And whatever, cover it up, let it be absorbed in his clothing. So it's not disturbing him, but it's not in a very obvious way. He's covering it in his clothing and he's spitting into it. Vin talis no, if it's too nice of a clothing and it's going to ruin it by spitting into it. Mavli Then he should, he should spit it in to his kerchief, his head kerchief that would be hanging down on the two sides. Take, take down the kerchief, spit into that. And therefore, again, it won't be obvious. So that's what Rebbe did. If he spit it just openly, and people could see your mucus, that's disrespectful. But if you're covering it up, it's in our days, if you take a tissue, and you spit into the tissue, that'll be fine. Ravina needs to stand behind Ravashi. Or he happened to stand in front of Ravashi. Ravashi had some mucus. Paskila achoyre. He like spit it or he spit it into his hand and he threw it behind him. Now, behind him was standing Ravina and he wasn't very impressed. So, obviously he did it in order not to spit right openly in the middle of Shemineshri. But why couldn't he spit it into his clothing? Why did he have to spit it into his hand and throw it behind him? He should have done it into his clothing and then it wouldn't annoy Ravina. Doesn't the Rebbe hold you could spit it into your kerchief, your head kerchief. I'm an istinist. I can't do it into my clothing. I can't. I just. I can't. It disgusts me. And therefore, the only option I have is to throw it behind me. So then I'm again not spinning it in an obvious way, and then I'm not leaving it in front of me. I'm leaving it behind me. That's the only thing I can do. So yes, maybe in general you should make sure there's no one behind you, but. Uh, but 
there is another solution. If someone has mucus in the middle of bathing, so today you have a tissue in your pocket ready, just in case. But otherwise, today typically we would be an istanis, so we wouldn't want to spit it into our clothing. So you can throw it behind you, make sure there's no one behind you, throw it behind you. Fine. Says the Gemara Hamashmiya, Koyulabit Philosophy. You daven loud that others could hear. Ariza Miktani Amono, that shows you have small Amunu. That's only if you're able to pay attention quietly as well. You're able to focus and to understand what you're saying. If while you're saying it quietly, you can't focus on the words, you can say it loud. That's only if you're davening alone. If everyone's davening then even if you have a good reason why you're davening out loud, it's not ketani isn't, you're not showing that you have no belief in Hashem because you're doing it in order to focus better, but you're disturbing others. You don't have the right. So you must do it quietly, even if that helps you because uh, you're going to disturb others. So I guess the Eitzah would be then, don't dive in with the Tzibur right afterwards and dive in then a bit louder that you're able to focus. But uh, with the Tzibur, you can't do it. And if the Tzibur is davening, you're holding somewhere else in davening, you shouldn't either daven out loud for the same reason. There's no problem of Ketani Amun over here because it's not as we'll see, it's not like talking to Hashem directly. However, it's disturbing other people, so be quiet. And obviously talking and uh, other things out of the question. Fine. Good. Now, since we mentioned earlier about letting go in the middle of davening, we're going to have a story related to that. Rabbi Abba would, would avoid Rabbi Yehuda. He didn't want to meet Rabbi Yehuda face to face. Why? He wanted to go from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. And the Omer of Yehuda, of Yehuda held, that only from Babylonia is an issue to go back to Eretz Yisrael. Because when, why? As it says, they'll be brought to Babel and they'll stay there until I bring them back. So he held that since the original goddess of the first place of was to Babel, if anyone ends up in Babel, he must stay there until Mashiach comes. He can't leave anywhere, even Teretz Yisrael. That's not the halacha, but that was a Rabbi Abba's opinion. Actually, it is the halacha regarding anywhere else but Eretz Yisrael. Uh, to, whatever, unless there's other reasons. But generally speaking, you're supposed to stay from Babel, you don't go anywhere else but Teretz Yisrael. But he had even Teretz Yisrael. So, so Rabbi Abba wanted to go to Teretz Yisrael, but he didn't want to get a no from Rabbi Yehuda. So he avoided it. He didn't want to meet him face to face. But he wanted to hear Taita from him. Omar, Ezel, the Eshram, in other words, he wanted to get, say goodbye or get a goodbye, but without saying goodbye. So what would he do? Omar, he said, Ezel, the Eshram, in a Milsam, Let me go to the yeshiva. Let me hear something he's saying in Shir. And that will be my goodbye instead of actually face to face asking for a goodbye. But hold it off, and then I'll travel. Also, he came, Ashkeche, he found the Tana, the Chetani, the Kameid Rabbi Yehuda. There was a Tana, someone repeating a Braise in front of Rabbi Yehuda. And he says like this, And wind came out. He must wait until the wind, the, the bad smell, until the bad smell is finished. Then he could have a Shemineser. He can't have a Shemineser with, with, with the bad smell, with the awful smell. He could have something even more than that. He was in the middle of Shemineser. He needs to let wind and he can't hold himself back. 
I mean, he rolled himself back for a few seconds, but not more. He should walk backwards four amas from the place he was davening Shimon Esrei. lets the wind come out. And he waits till the smell goes away. And he goes back and davening Shimon Esrei, but he has to excuse himself first. When he says, apologize. You created lots of openings in us. Hollow places in us. It's revealed before you, our shame while we are alive. And our end will be just to be eaten by the worms. So, you know, we have this, this, this embarrassing nature. Please excuse us for that. And he goes back and he continues from where he left off. He doesn't have to go back to the beginning. He just could continue from where he left off. Um, one second. Okay, there are different opinions about that, if that actually applies, because since you had a time that you weren't able to, 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 to damage me yesterday, with Allah, it's fine, as long as it wasn't so long, the, the break, as long as it wasn't, as long as he would finish me yesterday or finish the bracha, then you just continue. Omar, he said, I would not have come just to hear this halacha, that'll be good enough. What's so special about this halacha? I'm not sure. Maybe the fact that we take so much in consideration people's weaknesses, we don't, uh, you know, we don't say, uh, no, he needs to, he needs to, he just say, and he has a special davening for that, that he could ask David to Mechila for that. Maybe, maybe that everyone in whatever place he is, Hashem wants his davening, and he just continues wherever he's holding, maybe that's the idea, I'm not sure. Fine. Okay. Now, going back a bit to discuss the idea of Tznius by Shema. We had it in the middle of the last Omad a bit, and then that aspect. The rule is like this. Whenever someone has, whenever someone's in a room, yeah, you can't say the room is your clothing, because your head is in the room. In those days, they would have many times, uh, what a canopy, like a, a curtain around their bed with a small roof on their bed. Uh, like, uh, that, that was a normal thing. And if they were undressed, and if they didn't have a, a sheet, you can't say Shema while you're in that canopy, although you're totally covered from all sides, because your head's in the same cover. So what you do is you stick your head out, then this whole canopy could be called your clothing, and then you could say Shema. So the same applies if someone is in a, under a sheet. So if he has a sheet over his head as well, yeah, there's a cover, a blanket over his head, and he's totally undressed, no pajamas, so then he can't say Shema while you're under the under the cover because it's not called a cover. You're, it's like a room. But if you stick your head out, then it's like a clothing, then it's like a cover. Now what happens, when was sleeping covered with a clothing, they, they would take off the clothing, sometimes they use the clothing as a blanket. It's too cold. And he just can't get his head out of this clothing. It's too cold, he's going to catch a cold. So what does he do? Put the clothing closer to your neck. So though you're still under the cover, it's like a clothing, because it's like separating. It's not like it's one opening uh, your head and dressing your body together. It's closer to your neck, and therefore it can be considered a clothing. Some say, as we know from other places, it's going to be nosen. 
Some say, you can't just put it over here, you have to put it below your heart. That's where you should break, make the clothing or the cover closer to you, so you should separate your heart and whatever is below the heart, whatever the, your bottom part. So the Tanakama reliberates servo. How does Tanakama say it's enough to put it close to my neck? My heart is exposed to my ervo. Because somebody holds liberates ervo muta. Tanakama holds it's not a problem. Rabinosan holds it is a problem, and Allah is that it is a problem, and therefore you have to put it close to you, below your heart, not just below your neck, not just on your neck. Fine. If one was passing dirty alleys, don't forget they didn't have sewage those days. So many times the dirty alleys was literally was dirty and stinky alleyways. So he says, what's the big deal? You're going to say Shema, it's disrespectful. Cover your mouth. And he could say Shema. That's the only thing that to be, to speak openly in such a place will be a problem. But if you just cover your mouth, you're fine. I swear, if Rabbi would tell me himself this halacha, I would not listen to him. This is totally ridiculous. I don't accept this halacha no matter who said it. You cannot say Shema in a dirty place just by covering your mouth. I don't accept that. Some say, now I'm going to say the name of Rishua ben Levi, sir, half Tana, like earlier Amir. How you ma'alech and vayi samutu nafis b'niach yadu al pivik kiriki yashra? If you go into a dirty alleyway, cover your mouth and say Shema Amir. That Rav Chista Olikim, I swear, Imam of Rishua ben Levi, before me, Rishua ben Levi would tell me himself, Lord, say some of that I will not listen to him. This is ridiculous. I do not accept it. Okay, says the Gemara. Oh me, Amir Avuna Hachi. Let's go to the first version. Avuna said it in the name of Rabbi Yehuda. Ravuna holds that you can go in a dirty alleyway, cover your mouth, and then it's fine. And the fact that he's thinking it in this alleyway is not a problem. A real Tamit Chochem, that his whole life and his whole mind is all about Torah. That's what his, his natural thoughts. So you should never stay, you should never settle, stay for an extended time in a dirty place. You cannot hold himself back from thinking Torah, and therefore you just, if you have to go, you have to go. But just do the minimum and just get out of there as soon as possible. So we see that to think Torah in a dirty place is a problem. So how could he say that you could go and say Torah and just cover your mouth? How does that work? How does it work? Says so what are they cash here? To stay there, you're not allowed to. If you're walking past, you don't have to stop thinking the return. Continue thinking the return. And therefore, if you're saying Shema, you continue saying Shema. You're just not allowed to stay there and think the return. But you can pass there and think the return or say it with a covered mouth. Fine. Let's go to Rabbi Yechon. Rabbi Yechon said, they allowed to say with a covered mouth Shema. In a dirty alleyway. In a bathhouse, which was uh, didn't smell well in those days. It was, uh, I don't know, I guess all the coals and all the different things. It, was, it wasn't a good smelling place. Or a besakise. You're not allowed to think divinitator. So the same applies in these dirty alleyways. They cannot think divinitator. 
So how can you say it with a, with a covered mouth? If you're going to answer me, the difference is that if you're sitting in the bathroom, you're sitting in the bathroom, you're not allowed to think of your But if you're passing by, that's fine. Amy, is it so? Rabbi Abo was walking behind Rabbi Yechanan. He read Kriyashma. When he passed the dirty alleyway, he was quiet, he paused. And then when he passed the dirty alleyway, we should I go back to you? You're not to say that in the middle of Shema. It's necessary for Shema. It's not called the Hefzik. You know, whenever you have something which is necessary for that place, it's not a Hefzik. He's asking him, where should I go back to? If the amount of time you, 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 you paused, you walked through the dirty alleyway, was enough to say from the beginning of Shema to where you're holding, so then you have to start again. So obviously he agreed to him that he paused and he was just passing by. So we see that Rabbi Yechelen holds up passing by, he's not allowed to say. He says, well, that's not a proof. Maybe he's telling him like this. I hold you could have continued saying Shema. You held that you're supposed to stop. And therefore, according to me, even if you stopped, you wouldn't have to go back because whenever, that's a lot of people can say, Whenever you stop voluntarily, you don't have to go back. Only if you stop them, you have no choice. Like over here, that you, you had to stop. That's when, if it, was, if it took the amount of time from the beginning of Shema, you have to go back to the beginning. So according to you, you have to go back because you had to stop. And if you pause that long, you have to go back. However, according to you, that you hold it, you have to stop. According to you, you have to go back to the beginning. I disagree. Fine. Tonic will say the Ravuna. We have a brisa like Ravuna that you could cover your mouth. Tonic will say the Ravchis. We have a brisa like Ravchis that you cannot. Tonic will say the Ravuna. Malachum may something obvious. If you walk through dirty alleyways, when you hear the Alpibikar Kriya Shema, you can cover your mouth and say Shema. Tanik was said that Avchista Yimhalachum Vaisam to Novice, if you're walking in dirty alleyways, Lo Yikra Kriya Shema, don't say Shema. Or some say even more so that it says clearly, don't put your hand in your mouth and say Shema. Not only that, Telashima Yakoidu, Bob, you were reading Shema and you passed by, Paisik, you must stop. Loy Pasak, what if he didn't stop? My, what's the Allah? Amr Abba Yashiba, Brader Abishua Balevi. Said Rabbi Yeshe, the grandson of Rabbi Levi, which in his name he said earlier, that you could say it with a covered mouth. And obviously he doesn't hold like that. Or he doesn't hold that it was Rabbi Shubha Levi who said that. Allah of Akosov Eimer. Anim the Pasuk says, I gave them mitzvahs which are not good and, and laws which they will not live with it. In other words, he's not Yitzhah Shema. His Shema does not give him life. Because he said it in a disrespectful place. Rabbi Asi Yomer Hoi Moishchi Yov and Bechav Yashov. Those that that Moishchi Yovim, those that pull sins with empty ropes, which basically means all you did is said some words, but through the, in other words, you said Shema in a dirty place, and just by those words, you brought a sin on you. Rabbi Adam Barabbam Yochot says Kidvar Hashem Bozo. That someone is embarrassed Hashem's words if you're if you're 
if you're saying Hashem's words in a dirty place, it's, you're embarrassing Hashem's words. Vim posak maschare. If he stopped, what's his, what's the reward? The pasuk says about him. And this thing you will have long life. So we translate it in this word. The fact that you kept your your guard of your mouth, that you said the words of, of, of Shema only in a clean place, you will have a long life. Okay? If one had his clothing tied on his waist, he could say because his, his erva is covered, his heart is not seeing his erva, eyes undressed on his top half, fine, you can still say Shema. We shall Most of you had any type of clothing, no matter what what uh, level of uh, quality it is. It was uh, woven clothing. It was leather. It was sackcloth. Whatever it was tied in your waist and covering your erva, you could say shema. However, actually talking to the Ebishta. Shema, you're not talking to the Ebishta. You're talking to yourself about the Ebishta. And therefore, you don't have to be dressed so respectfully. You just can't have something which brings opposite thoughts during Shema. Um, however, uh, for Shema Nasri, you must be respectful as if you're standing before the king. And therefore, your top part must also be covered. So we spoke about yawning, burping, in the middle of davening, intentionally is not allowed. Unintentionally, obviously, it happens. And just cover your mouth. Sneezing, if it happens, it's a good sign. If the wind comes out, it's a bad sign. If you have mucus, you can't spit it openly, but you can spit it into clothing or, if it's, or into tissue. And if it's, you don't have a tissue and you're disgusted by putting it into your clothing, you could spit it into your hand and throw it behind you, make sure no one's there. That's the, that's the way around it. And by davening, you should not uh, daven in a loud voice that others could hear. That shows a lack of a muna, unless you have to focus, but then make sure you're not davening with a tzibur, in a tzibur, you can't even when you have to focus, you cannot dive in loud because it's going to disturb them. If you dive in out loud, like very loud, that's much like a, a Navi Sheker, you're showing it to the whole foundation is false over here. Um, if someone needs to let win the middle of dominating, and you could go back for Amis and, and, and come back and excuse and uh, apologize, and he can continue dominating where he's holding unless he waited a very long time. Um, Covering a, a sheet over your head and your whole body is not considered a covering. According to Tanakhama, you must cover with, uh, under your neck. And according to the Yeshua, which is the halacha, it has to be below your, your, your heart, below your chest, because then it's going to be a separation between your heart and your erva. There's a machoik is about saying Shema in dirty places. So the halacha is you're not allowed to, even with covering your mouth, you're not allowed to think to be in those places. Um, uh, yeah, you just wait and afterwards you say Shema and if it took time to walk past as if it would take you the whole Shema from where you, from the beginning, then you have to start again. Otherwise you continue from where you were holding.